Welcome back, everyone, to another week of Ramban Allah Parsha. Um, we're obviously still in the middle of this horrific war, and our learning is still dedicated to the success of Achayalim and the return of the Chatufim and the Rafu Shlema for all those who've been hurt, and obviously a, a, a Nechama to those who've lost children and brothers and sisters and, and so on. Okay, uh, this week we're going to see the creativity of the Ramban on display in a number of areas in Parshas Vayigash. Let's start in Perak Memhe, Posuk Aleph, where the Posuk says, V'lo yachol Yosef lehit apek l'chol ha-nitzavim alav, v'yikra hotziu chalish me'alai, v'lo amad ish ito bihit v'adai Yosef elachav. Okay, this is the, the moment Yosef's going to reveal ani Yosef. V'lo yachol Yosef lehit apek. He couldn't Hold it in anymore. Let's see. So Rashi says, He couldn't stand the fact that unless he kicked all the Egyptians out, they were going to hear the truth. They were going to hear what the brothers did to him, and the brothers would be embarrassed in front of the Egyptians, and Yosef didn't want that to happen. So that's what the Pesach means, It's similar. Right, he couldn't wait for everybody to leave because he wanted to tell the brothers who he was and he didn't want to do it in front of the Egyptians. It's not that the Ramban disagrees with these Pshatim, but he has, he has like an idea of what it looked like. I think the Ramban sometimes closed his eyes and he imagined, what does the situation look like? And listen to this, the Ramban says, I'm skipping a few lines. Says the Ramban, Yosef is not meeting with them in a private room. Yosef is meeting them in chambers you know, he's sitting on some kind of throne and all the people are around and they're watching. And all the people are cheering for Yosef to forgive Binyamin, right? Yehuda's making a whole speech. Let me take the place of Binyamin. He didn't mean it. He's a kid. My father will pass away. If God forbid something happens to him. And all the Egyptians, apparently it's a very powerful speech. And the way the Ramban imagines it, all the Egyptians are saying, oh, for God's sakes, Yosef, let him go, let him go, let him go. And he couldn't stand up to that. Yosef couldn't take the pressure of all the Egyptians telling him to forgive Binyamin. So he basically said, kick all of the Egyptians out. And then I'll talk to, I'll talk to these people. And so they left. As soon as they left, he started crying. Right, they hadn't gone far. He kicked them out and right away he revealed himself to his brothers. But they heard the crying. They were in the next room. They were waiting outside. It could have been the people who worked for him. Maybe it wasn't just regular Egyptians. Okay, Vitam Vayikra, Shehirim Kolo Bikas, Vaamalim Shotav, Hotziu Kalish Melai Biltiha Anashima Ela. 
He was angry. Get out of the room, he told them, except for these Jews. Right? He didn't want the Egyptians to hear that. It wouldn't just, you know, the Ramban, who has a complicated relationship with Yosef Atzadik, right? The Ramban, you know, saw flaws in Yosef, as we all do. So he's saying, obviously, he did it for his brothers, but a little bit for him, right? What would have happened otherwise? These are bad people. Who sells the brother? It's a horrible thing. We shouldn't let them live in Egypt, let alone rule over us. It would have really put a dent in Yosef's relationship with the, with the country of Egypt, with the Egyptians, if they knew that his brothers had hated him so much that they sold him, right? It would not have been, oh, wow, Yosef is so great that he overcame this. It would have been, these are, these are not good people. These are immoral people. And we don't want them to live amongst us. So the Ramban says, yes, he did it for his brothers, but on some level, he also did it for himself. But again, the bigger point in that Ramban, I think, is the Ramban imagining what the scene looked like. And the first shot is the one that I think the Ramban really likes, which is all the Egyptians are standing around yelling at Yosef, you got to forgive Binyamin. Like Yehuda's speech was so moving to them that lo yachal Yosef he couldn't put up with all the pressure from the Egyptians who were arguing in favor of forgiving Binyamin. Okay, let's move on. A fundamental question that each of us should have when we read Parshas, you know, is, did Yaakov ever find out the true story? Did Yosef ever say to Yaakov, listen, you know, I was sold to Egypt, but I was sold by my brothers. Did he ever find out? So the Pasuk says, although the Pasuk may or may not be directly connected to the issue the Ramban is going to discuss. Says the Pasuk, So it's a beautiful Pasuk for other reasons. I think the deal comes from um, Says the Ramban, And he says here because the Medrash thinks otherwise, but he says, it appears to me, No one ever told Yaakov Avinu the true story. No one ever told Yaakov Avinu that the brother sold Yosef. So what did he think? He thought, He was lost in the field, as really happened when he went to look for his brothers. And the people found some, some Jew who was lost in the fields and they, they kidnapped him and they sold him to Mitzrayim. Now, why does the Ramban think so? So he says, The brothers obviously were terrified to tell Yaakov what they did. First of all, it's a really bad thing to sell your brothers, right? And then, 
to watch your father suffer for 22 years and mourning over your brother. Just, they couldn't possibly tell their father. And Yaakov knew how to get angry. Right? The Ramban in other places thinks that, that Yaakov really didn't like Shimon ever since the story in Shechem with Dina and the, and the massacre. And he held a grudge. And the brothers were terrified of Yaakov. Now, what about Yosef? So here you find a lovely thing. The Yosef b'musaro hatov lo lahagidlo. The Ramban says in Yosef, because he was a moral person, and I think it works both ways. He was a moral person in the sense that it would really hurt his father to find out that the brothers had done this to him. And he, maybe he wanted to protect the brothers also. Yosef is now a fully formed moral person, right? He went through problems. The young Yosef, who bragged about his dreams and infuriated his brothers, my guess is he would have told his father, right? He told them all kinds of lush and hard about his brothers. But the grown-up Yosef, the person who got out of jail, who's ruling Egypt, who cares deeply for his father and his brothers, he would never tell them. Now, what's the proof? When the Raman says, what's the proof? So it comes from Vayichi, and the Raman will say it again in Vayichi, but let's do it here. After Yaakov dies, the brothers send a messenger to Yosef, begging him to forgive them and telling him that Yaakov Avinu, his father, had commanded before he died to tell Yosef not to take revenge on his brothers. Right? So the brothers were still terrified of Yosef. Now, it obviously never happened. Because had Yaakov known, he would have done it himself. So says the Raman, V'ilu yada Yaakov binyan hazeh, haya ra'u'i lahem shi'echalu p'nei avihem b'motol l'tzavot et Yosef mipim. If they were worried that just like Esav had said, you know, yikrivu yimei evel aviv ahagad Yaakov achi, that Yosef was waiting for his father to die before he took revenge on his brothers, so why wouldn't Yaakov himself had gone to, gone to Yosef and told him, don't do it. He didn't. He Because he had, had he known, he's of. Yosef obviously would have agreed with his father. He never would have rejected what Yaakov said. It's a hard word. It says the Ramban. They would not have been terrified of Yosef and they would not have had to make things up. Right? It really, you know, the Ramban's take really causes you to, to reevaluate the relationship between the brothers and Yosef. Right? Rav Lichtenstein gave many sichot about this because he was also conflicted about the goodness of Yosef and his relationship with his brothers. And he talked about the conflicting relationship. But when you imagine this, when Yaakov dies many years from now, at the end of Aichi, the brothers are terrified that Yosef's going to do something to them. It means that there's still tension. There's still some kind of lack of confidence in their relationship. And that's something that Yosef had to live with, and that's something the brothers had to live with for many, many years. Okay, that's that, Ramban. Now, let's go on to the Parsha. Um, a strange, strange uh, Pasuk. Um, Perak Memvav at the very beginning of the Perak. Let's see if I can find it quickly. Perak Memvav, Pasuk Bet. The Pasuk says as follows. 
Right? Yaakov is on his way down to Mitzrayim to see Yosef, but he stops in Be'er Sheva and he brings Karbonot. And the Ramban is bothered by a simple question. Didn't God send a Malach to change Yaakov's name? Didn't the Malach said, right? So why is God himself, after referring to Yaakov as Yisrael many, many times in the story till now, why all of a sudden Yaakov? And the Ramban is an amazing insight. Vayomer Yaakov, Yaakov, he says, so God should have called him Yisrael, but he doesn't. Right? He's many, he's three times he's called Yisrael in this parsha. Aval Karu Yaakov Lirmoz ki ata lo yashur im im elokim v'imanashim vayuchal. Right? What is the the pasuk says? The name will be Yisrael ki sarita im elokim v'imanashim vatuchal. Because you can fight with God, you can struggle with God, and you can win. Aval yihiyeh, but says the Raman. Okay, that's his name. But now he's coming to a place in history, geographically and otherwise, where he's not going to be able to win. Aval yihiyeh bevet avadim ad sheyaalenu gam alo. You're going to be stuck in Mitzrayim until I, God, take you out. Because the Galus is starting now. Okay, the Galus is starting now, meaning, I've often thought about this, and it'll come up in another place in a second. You know, Yaakov must have known about the Brisbane Absarim. It must be that Avram told Yitzchak and Yitzchak told Yaakov. And it must be that when Yaakov stopped on the way down to Mitzrayim and he brought Zvachim and he spoke to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he was concerned. He obviously wanted to see Yosef. But in that moment, it dawned on him, this could be the beginning of the 400 years. In the end, it turned out to only be 210 years. But he must have had some feeling that this is it, that he's never going to come back, and that his family is going to be are going to be slaves in Egypt for an extended period of time. You know, we tell ourselves in the sweep of of human history, you know, four hundred years, two hundred and ten years, it's not that long. Maybe that's true, but in my life, it's a really, really long time. In our lives, it's a really long time, and Yaakov knew that. And so, when the Torah says Yaakov, Yaakov, the Torah is telling him or hinting, thinks the Ramban, it's a genius idea. You're not going to be Yisrael and Mitzrayim because you can't change the destiny of the Jewish people and you can't change the destiny of your family. Your family is going to call, be called B'nai Yisrael and they're going to be Paru, Ravu, all those things will have them in Egypt. But your future is, is set. You're not leaving, at least not alive. Uh, but Yaakov's not going to be able to, to overcome the situation. And Yaakov is going to remain Yaakov 
when he's in Mitzrayim. So says, says the Ramban, basically, the idea is that God does call Yaakov Israel unless the context requires, requires otherwise. And the context of going down to Mitzrayim requires his name to be Yaakov because he's not going to be able to display the qualities of Yisrael. He's stuck being Yaakov. And you see this idea in a previous, it's the previous Pasuk, in, when the Pasuk says, Vayisai Yisrael v'chol ha-shalo, Vayavo be'erashava, Vayizbach zivachim l'alokei aviv Yitzchak. So the immediate question that bothers the Ramban is, why Vayizbach zivachim l'alokei aviv Yitzchak? What happened to Avraham? Why is he only worshipping the God of Yitzchak? And so the Ramban on that Pasuk says as follows, so first Rashi. Okay, it's an idea we've seen in Rashi before. The respect you owe your father is greater than the respect you owe your grandfather, so you only mentioned Yitzchak. Fine. But the Ramban says, It's true, but it doesn't really explain everything. Adam, right? Let the Pasuk say, um, avotav. Not Yitzchak, not Avraham. But it doesn't say that. You could do both. Oh, Yomar, What's wrong with all of those? Yes, it's true. Rashi's right. You need to have more respect for your father and your grandfather. But that doesn't mean that you have to leave your grandfather out. And he gives all the examples. So what's the answer? Now, I'll admit, the answer is Kabbalistic. So we want to be careful. But I think I see in at least the beginning of the answer, some of the ideas we've spoken about before, some of the ideas that I'm borderline obsessed with. Says the Ramban. There's a secret that's revealed in Bereshit's Rabbah. Yaakov was well aware, says the Ramban, that this is the beginning of the Galut. Right? You know, you ask yourself, when they buried Yaakov, why don't they just stay in Israel? Okay, they left some things behind. There, was, there seemed to be opportunities to leave. Why are they still in Mitzrayim? And the sense you get from the Ramban and, and otherwise is they knew. They knew this was it. When they went down to Mitzrayim, they knew that they were not going, you know, for some overnight stay. They're moving to Mitzrayim until God allows them to leave. So the first thing is he realized this was a big deal and he needed to dive into HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Menu, he was terrified of the Golos. He didn't want God to deal with him with Midat Hadin. Everybody always dives in Be'er Sheva. But I think the middle piece why did he just bring Karbanot Yitzchak? I think the Rahman is hinting, right? It was Yitzchak who was never allowed to leave Eretz Yisrael. It was Yitzchak who was an Ola Tmima, who in a similar situation with a famine asked God if he could go to Mitzrayim, and God said no. 
right? Gur ba'aretz asher areka, right? You have to stay in Eretz Yisrael. Yitzchak was an Ola Tamima. And that's why Yaakov davened leloke Yitzchak. Because he wanted to daven to the same HaKadosh Baruch Hu who had prohibited his father from leaving so that he would understand that this HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling Yaakov to go. And in fact, that's what happened, right? God said, I'm going to go down with you. I'm going to bring you back. I'm promising you. Okay, now, whether that happened or not, Yaakov did come back, but he came back just to be buried. He didn't come back in, in life, but that's a different issue. Okay, let's do one more Ramban. It's in Perak Memvav, Pasuk Chavtet. And this is it's really unrelated to anything we've seen till now, but it's, it, it shows the Ramban's greatness sort of psychologically, just the insights he has into people. Says the Ramban, it says the Pasuk, I'm sorry, Vayeesor Yosef Merkapto, Likrat Yisrael Aviv Goshna. So Yosef, you know, sort of saddles up the, the chariot and he travels to Goshen, Vayavo Arza Goshen, and he comes to, to Goshen. Okay. Says the Ramban, this isn't it. Mem Vav Chavtes. Okay, says the Ramban. There are a lot of pronouns in this pasuk. Right? Who's hugging who? Who's appearing before who? We have to figure this out. Vayaso Yosef Merakavta. Okay, that's Yosef saying. Vaya Likrat Yisol Aviv Goshna. Vayera Elav. He appeared to him. Vayipol Al Tzavarav. And he fell on the shoulders of him. Vayef Gal Tzavaravod. And he cried on the shoulder of the other. Who cried on whose shoulders? Says the Ramban, and, and you know, it may be just me, but I'm fascinated by the Ramban's insight here. Says the Ramban, Vidavar Yadua, Mi Dim Atomitsuya, who's more likely to cry, says the Ramban. Im Haav Hazakain Hamotseet Beno Chai Laachar Hayeushva Evel, is it the old father? who's being reunited with his son after years and years of, of mourning, or the son who's the ruler of Egypt? The answer, of course, is, it's the father who's more likely to cry. Because afterwards, this is Vayomer Yisrael, which sounds like something else. No, because he's speaking. Etc., etc. That's just how the Torah speaks when it adds a name to explain who's doing something. But in the question, I think the Ramban, you know, looks at it and he says, okay, there's, there's the old father and there's Yosef Atzadik. And Yosef is coming on a chariot, you know, on, on Air Force Two, right? Paro had the number one chariot. He had the number two chariot coming to see his father. Says Rahman, when the Torah tells me one cried on the other's shoulders, it's got to be Yaakov who cried. Yaakov had spent the last 22 years in mourning over Yosef. Yosef didn't spend 22 years in mourning over Yaakov. Okay, Yosef had difficult times, it's true. But Yosef was doing a lot of different things and was busy doing a lot of different things. And Yosef, if you recall, a, a, an idea that Rahman's discussed previously, 
didn't write his father a letter. Now the Ramban thinks he didn't write his father a letter during all those years because he wanted the dreams to come true. But in the end, it was less painful for Yosef than it was for Yaakov. And says the Ramban, Yaakov cried on the shoulder of Yosef because it makes much more sense that that's what happened. It's true the Pasuk is a little vague. And it's true that that Rashi thinks that Yosef cried on Yaakov's shoulder, right? It's a bizarre Rashi. Rashi says, um, Yosef, Yosef Niral Aviv, Vayef Gal Tzavarav Od, Lashon Hir Biat Bechia, Aval Yaakov Lo Nafal Al Tzavar Yosef Benov Lo Nishako, Vamur Abotino Shayak Kare Kriachma. That's Rashi. Okay, so we're not going to get into that strange Medrash that Yaakov didn't cry because he, he was saying Shema. But for the Ramban, of course Yaakov cried. Yaakov was the one who cried. Yosef didn't cry. If you look at the two of them and their stations in life and what they're up to, of course that's the result. Now, the Ramban has no textual proof for his insight. The Ramban just had great self-confidence in his insights into human nature. And he just thought it wasn't a close call. If I have to ask myself who it is who's crying, it's obvious who's crying. It's the old father. It's not Yosef who's crying. Yosef is a young, strong, you know, leader of Egypt. He's not going to break down. His father will. And the fact that the Ramban offers up no textual proof just supports this idea, I think, of the Ramban's deep, deep belief in his own instincts. When he sees something and he sees it in life and he sees it in human behavior and he sees it in human psychology, he applies it to a pasuk. So I think. This is just a good example of the Ramban and the Ramban's, you know, creativity and the Ramban's self, self-confidence as a parshan. But I think it's a fascinating one. Okay, so what do we see today? We saw the first one, where the Ramban imagines the scene of all the Egyptians gathering, gathering around Yosef, trying to support Yehuda's claim and get Binyamin off the hook. And Yosef couldn't take that. As an aside there, the Ramban points out, that Yosef not telling you know, the Egyptians that the brothers had sold him served his purposes as well as served the brothers' purposes. Okay? The next Ramban we saw, Vaidivai loved Kol Divrei Yosef, that Yaakov Avinu, says Ramban definitively, Yaakov Avinu never ever found out the truth. The brothers didn't tell him, obviously, because they were terrified. And Yosef didn't tell him, Bemusaro Hatov, because Yosef had grown up and there was no benefit to telling him that. We saw this idea of Yaakov knowing that the Gaulus was starting. Yaakov obviously wanted to see his son, but afraid to be the person who starts the Gaulus, so he stops in Beersheba, where he zilvers vachim leiloke aviv Yitzchak, because Yitzchak was the person who couldn't leave Eretz Canaan. He had to stay in Eretz Israel, And Yaakov now is told by God, no, not only am I giving you permission, anochi eiredim cha mitzrayimu vanochi alcha gamalo, that also explains why HaKadosh Baruch Hu calls him Yaakov, or twice, Yaakov, Yaakov, he calls him Yaakov because in this instant, even though God did change his name and Yisrael was his name, Yisrael was his name because Yaakov had become a force and because he could now fight with the Ma'ach Shel Esav and he could fight Kiviyachol with celestial beings, but not in this case. Says HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Yaakov, you're going to enter Mitzrayim, and this really is the beginning of the Gullus. And I'll take care of you there. But you're not going to do anything great in Mitzrayim 
because this is the beginning of the exile. And finally, the last Raman we saw, Vayef Gal Tzavarov, the Ramban says, it was the old man, it was Yaakov who cried on Yosef, and not the reverse. How does he know this? Human nature. Yashkoch to everyone, Shabbat Shalom, and see you next week. Music